Now, when I said in the beginning that I felt like this is one of the hardest parts of parenting, this is the part I really meant. (laughs) Navigating social relationships outside the family where we don't have the same kind of influence that we do at home. Supporting them through tough feelings, helping them with conflict resolution with us or with siblings or even a play date at our house or when we're with them at another house or at the park. That's one thing. When it's a struggle they're having outside of our jurisdiction, we can feel helpless. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. I have a great question today from a mom who needs some guidance in helping her daughter navigate friendships and in particular exclusion that can be very common in early elementary and, well, let's be honest, all through the school years. But first, I want to give an update on all of my new offerings I shared in the last episode at the end, but in case you didn't get to stick around, And the changes are imminent, so I'm putting this at the beginning this week. The website will still be yourvillageonline.com, but I'm almost done building the new website. I will be on a whole new membership platform. We're going through the testing right now. Current members will get migrated over and we'll get notified about when this is all happening. It will be next week, so you'll get an exact day and time. You will also still have access on the current site for a few weeks, even after you've been migrated. I will have new membership programs, new newsletters for both members and non-members. I have some great free guidebooks we've been working on. They're beautiful, 17-page guidebooks you can use to work through. You'll be able to download these off the website. 
The group coaching for members is going to be bi-weekly instead of monthly like I've done in the past. You can follow me on Instagram at Your Village Online or on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Your Village Inc. If you want the updates as they unfold, when you can come on over and check those things out. Okay, for the question this week. Hi, my name is Janelle and I absolutely love your podcast. I'm reaching out to you because my five-year-old daughter has recently been telling me that she feels nobody likes her at school and that she has no one to play with. She tells me that when she goes up to certain friends that they're busy playing with other friends. She also says she's too shy to make new friends. The whole discussion has come as a complete shock to me. My daughter has always been so outgoing and she's super sweet and friendly. She's a little behind in speech, which I think is due to her being two months early at birth, which she's been in speech for. I wonder if that's part of the issue. I think she's particularly hurt by one of her particular friends who she adores so much. When this one friend doesn't want to play with her, she feels alone and I feel hurt for her. I don't really know how to help her. I thought of you when this time came up and I'm hoping you may have some solutions that I can provide her. When she tells me these things, I focus on listening first, asking her how she feels about it. I tell her I'm listening and that she can always talk to me. I also have been making a habit of going over scenarios at school and we troubleshoot together how to navigate through these situations. I let her lead the troubleshooting. I want to prepare my daughter for life because I know being a helicopter parent and rushing in to save or protect is only hindering her ability to navigate her way through these situations. It's tough, but this is something I'm working hard to do. I've also talked to her teachers to get more info. Apparently during the day, she has many friends and is very social. But in aftercare, there are only two girls and these two girls have not been friendly to her and exclude her. One of the little girls was her closest friend, but the other girl has prohibited my daughter from playing with her. There's another classroom that has recess at the same time, but she doesn't really know those kids and they have their friend groups. So she feels shy trying to befriend these other kids she hardly ever sees. I have talked to the parents of both kids, especially the one who used to be close with her. Both parents were really responsive. And as for now, things have greatly improved to the point where my daughter has been telling me she has new friends, the main girl who was excluding her before. In terms of dealing with exposing other people's behavior to my daughter, she often would tell me this particular little girl was always mean, rude, and yells. I have explained to her that some kids and people have not learned to be nice yet. I explain things in terms of her younger brother, who's three. I say, you know how brother sometimes gets upset and hits. It's because he hasn't learned how to use his words yet. Tell mommy he's mad. Mommy and daddy and even you are helping to teach him one day he will know how to use his words. Some of your friends are still learning to be nice and it takes longer for some people than others. Just because they're unkind, we should still be kind to them. They can learn from us and usually those people need more kindness. But sometimes you may need to give that person space if they can't be kind back to you. So thank you, Janelle, for sending in this question and all of these great details. It sounds like you've helped your daughter navigate this situation really well. But I'm gonna talk about the things you've done that were great solutions I'm going to talk about a couple additional things that you can consider, as well as some information about social emotional development as a whole through these years that I think will be very helpful as well. First thing I want to say, I'm going to talk about the foundation of social emotional development and friendship. But before I forget, I want to talk about joining play, teaching kids how to join play. When we teach a kid to join play, we want to teach them to ask a question that is not a yes or no question. We want to teach them to ask, what can I do? Can I play this character? Or I am going to play this character. The reason is if kids go in and say, can I play with you? Or can I play this character? If it's a yes or no answer, 
children are much more likely to say no. It's an easy answer. They're already in the middle of play. They're already focused. It also is a power play. It's like, I have power here to say, no, you can't join us. And so if they go in and say, can I play with you? 90% of the time, the answer is going to be no. They're not thinking about it. They're not thinking, oh, do we want this child to join? Or, hey, what could this child do? It's just kind of an automatic answer and it gives them power. So they're automatically, most of the time, going to go to no. So you want to teach them to say, hey, I see you're playing house and you have the mom and the dad. I'm going to be the puppy or I'm going to play the little brother or the little sister. Have them come in and with a way that they can join play and just ask to be that character or say, I would like to play this character. So everyone has a good foundation for what's going on with social emotional development. And I think this is one of the most difficult parts of parenting. In my experience, most adults are not great at social emotional skills and regulation themselves. Now, I just think this is an area where we are thankfully starting to see a huge burst in knowledge, growth, understanding, and development across the board in adults. And now we're, we're much more aware and we're doing a much better job as a whole. And so we're teaching our kids about it too. But communicating and relating is an area that we're all learning a lot about in recent years. With kids, a lot of parents are really aware now, like Janelle, and doing an amazing job guiding kids with learning to connect with their feelings, label their feelings, know what that feeling that they're experiencing is called, what it kind of means, what it's trying to tell them. And then guiding kids how to process those feelings in appropriate or what we might call pro-social or adaptive ways. And by the way, the new website and membership has two new classes that are great foundational classes, but the next class in the pipeline, I'm going to be talking about helping kids learn about and guide them on how to process these difficult feelings. I do already have one class on helping kids with anger and aggression, but this is a class about helping kids feel with those difficult feelings when they're sad, when they're angry, when they're hurt. The four-step process, helping walk them through that and how you can help them to find adaptive ways of working through feelings, how you can actually do that in a step-by-step process. So that's next. So we start working on this process lightly around the age of maybe a year that early to two years. We start talking to them about their emotions. We start labeling their emotions for them. I can see you're feeling angry about stopping playing and having to come to dinner. You look surprised that grandma came to visit today. You're excited to play with your new toy. I can tell you are flustered that you haven't gotten your pants buttoned by yourself. It's frustrating when we want to be able to do something that takes a long time to figure out. Then we move on to helping them work through the feelings in adaptive ways. Now, at three and a half to four, kids are just starting to build social connections and learning how to navigate play with other kids, how to communicate about the play, how to problem solve, how to work together, how to create the rules. What are we playing? How are we playing? What are the rules of the play? This is what you'll start to see three and a half to four cooperative play. By the time they're starting elementary school or primary school, they're learning about and building more true friendships based on connection and interest. They're starting to figure out who they are, what they like, what their interests are. They connect with and gravitate towards others that they feel a connection with. Now, the thing about friendships is that they often shift in these early years. They start to solidify by mid to late middle school. And usually by high school, friend groups are pretty solid other than the new kids who come in or a friend who moves away. Kids are still figuring out who they are and what they like. So it's not uncommon for friendships to shift. 
It can feel like a rejection when it really may not be. Now, I'm not saying this is what was the case with Janelle's daughter at all. I think Janelle handled it beautifully in supporting the girls and connecting. I just share this as a general concept. If a child comes home and says, hey, my friend Teresa, who's been your child's best friend since first grade, they're now in third grade, and now this child is hanging out with the new girl at school at lunch, it may be that the new girl is into what her friend is into. Maybe they're into drama and dance and your daughter has gravitated towards gymnastics and track and field, something like that. So it's probably not a surprise that they may spend less time together and they may be starting to gravitate towards other friendships, that these are gonna shift. This is really common. So if you're aware of that, you can help navigate that. Okay, so next, I'm gonna go over how we help kids navigate friendships and feelings of rejection right after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads, love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Okay, now that we're back, I'm gonna cover how we help kids navigate the complicated world of social skills and relationships. I also wanna take a moment to point out here, 
for Janelle that talking to your daughter about the scenarios, working through the problem solving, navigating those scenarios was perfect because you can't always be there for your child. And so helping them kind of navigate and practice those scenarios with you in a safe space so that when they're at school, they then have at least some sort of an idea or a script to work off of. Now, when I said in the beginning that I felt like this is one of the hardest parts of parenting, this is the part I really meant. (laughs) Navigating social relationships outside the family where we don't have the same kind of influence that we do at home. Supporting them through tough feelings, helping them with conflict resolution with us or with siblings or even a play date at our house or when we're with them at another house or at the park. That's one thing. When it's a struggle they're having outside of our jurisdiction, we can feel helpless. So I love how Janelle talked about not wanting to be a helicopter parent, understanding that her child needs to build skills to handle these types of situations on her own so that she can go out in life and learn how to navigate relationships and be successful. And that's very admirable. But I also love that Janelle stepped in and spoke to the teacher, both about the daytime and the after school to get a better understanding, but also that she spoke to the other moms because here's the thing. Kids do need our help with managing social relationships and situations. These are hard, especially at five and six and even seven. And they're hard all the way along, but they're really hard when we're five and six and we don't have a lot of social skills yet. A lot of confidence, a lot of communication. So sometimes we do need to step in and we need to help smooth things over. And we set an example about how we work through some of these problems. So if one of my kids were excluding another kid, I would want to know about it. Now, my kids are older now. We've worked through that whole area in early elementary school. But, you know, this is definitely an important value in our home. Now, that doesn't mean we have to like everybody or that we have to be best friends with everybody. But it's not okay to deliberately leave another child out. And empathy begins to develop around the age of three and a half. It continues through until about the age of 10. So five and six is especially early in this process. So they aren't fully aware of the consequences of their actions, meaning how they make another person feel. So reminders are important. And knowing that my parents aren't okay with that, you know, how do we navigate if we really want to play with this friend and we're really having a good time with that friend and we don't really get along with that other person as well? We need to figure out how to navigate that. So how can we be inclusive in our play, especially at these younger ages? So younger kids aren't going to have the skills to be able to confront these more difficult social situations on their own. So it's good for us to have their back, to scaffold them, to guide them through in a kind way and bring awareness so that other adults can help remedy the situation. So we had a very similar situation to this when my daughter was really little. I think it was around first grade and there was a group of three girls, my daughter and two of her friends. And there was a fourth girl who infiltrated the group and started having the other two shun my daughter. So the fourth girl was a pretty strong personality. And I was friends with the moms of the two original girls that my daughter was friends with. So I did the same thing. I talked with the other moms and they both talked with their daughters. And in no time, the original three were back to their original dynamic. At this point, the fourth girl dropped away when she couldn't control the group dynamic. But this can be common when you have a new child who joins a group they will often try to isolate and try to kind of befriend one or two of the kids and isolate the third or fourth child to try to create some kind of a bond and create some kind of a level of control. So this is a very common dynamic. 
So the last thing that I think is so helpful to teach kids about is how to protect their own peace. So what do I mean by this? The truth is we aren't going to like everyone and everyone isn't going to like us. And not everyone is going to be worthy of our time and our energy, and that's okay. But there are many high quality, trustworthy people whom we will meet and build connections and friendships. So we want to differentiate. There will be others who won't be worth our investment of energy, time, and emotion. So we have to learn and teach our kids how they can separate these two kinds of people. So many of us and so many of our kids want to believe the best and see the best in everyone. And I agree with Janelle 100%. The kids who struggle with kindness are the ones who need kindness the most. I agree. And everyone is worthy of respect and worthy of kindness, but not necessarily of our time, our energy, our trust, and our friendship. We can be kind, we can be respectful, but we can protect our own energy and our own emotion. So how do we teach this complicated concept? I love Brene Brown's explanation. And I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but just for those who haven't heard it or are new to the podcast or haven't heard that episode, if you don't know about Brene Brown, she's a social psychologist and a researcher at a university in Texas. I don't remember which one off the top of my head, but she's one of the very few people who I deeply admire and aspire to be more like. And when her daughter was young, she had a particular difficult and embarrassing experience at school. And someone she thought was a friend broke her trust and shared something she had shared with her in trust with the whole class. And Brene explained to her daughter that trust is like the marble jar at school. So at school, when the class did something good, they got a marble. The teacher would put a marble in the jar. And when the class misbehaved, did something bad, the teacher would remove a marble. She said, when someone does something that builds trust, you put a marble in the jar. When they do something that hurts you or that isn't so good, they break your trust, you take the marble out. And she called the marble jar friends. When you have a friend who fills your marble jar, that's a marble jar friend. That's one you can trust. So you start out with sharing small confidences with friends who only have a few marbles in the jar. Over time, you can share things that are more important as the jar fills up. And when you have a marble jar friend, you know that's the one that you can share with. Then they talked about what that concept meant and what that looked like. So we can use this concept with our kids about trust, but also just who's worth our time, who shows up for us, who keeps their plans with us, who invites us over to go do things, not just comes and does stuff with us, who lets us borrow something and who doesn't do those things. When they do or they don't, then we can make decisions about whether or not these are friendships we want to continue to invest in. The friend who cancels plans too many times, who doesn't come to our birthday party and goes to the movies with another friend instead, says we can borrow something, but then changes their mind. These are all things we probably remove marbles from the jar for. When the jar is empty, or if it's emptying faster than it's filling, there's nothing to build a friendship on. The friend who shows up, who calls when they know you've had a hard day, lets you borrow their favorite shirt for your horse show, invites you to hang out. These are marbles in the jar, and these are marble jar friends. Now, no one's perfect. Everyone will disappoint at one point or another, but if they're mostly putting marbles in and only taking one out every so often, so long as it's little and not egregious, right? It gives us a visual way of helping our kids learn how to set healthy boundaries around friendships that are worth our time and those that it's probably time to let go with kindness, but knowing they're not the right person to invest in a friendship at that time. 
And Janelle even touched on this about you can still be kind to them, but give them some space. This is just a very visual way to talk to kids about this concept. Another concept I talked about in another episode, you can go back and search for emotional bank account. This is very much the same thing. They talk about it in the seven habits of highly effective people, seven habits of highly effective families. It's an investment. When someone invests in us emotionally, there's a positive balance in that emotional bank account. When they do something that hurts us, you know, that makes us feel not important to them, it removes from that emotional bank account. And the point is to always have a positive balance in the emotional bank account with those that are important to us. So that's an interesting episode you may want to go back and listen to. If you want to stay in the loop on what's happening with the new website and when and how to get the free guidebooks, follow me at Your Village Online on Instagram or facebook.com slash Your Village Inc. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in two weeks.